You're listening to the Flat Noir Podcast. My name is Caitlin Byrne and I'm so grateful to have your company today. On today's episode of the Flat Noir Podcast, I am joined by the Heroes Raw founder, Blaze McCann. Blaze is an awesome, awesome woman. She's an entrepreneur. She is a trailblazer. She is breaking all the rules. She's taking all the action. Um, You guys are just going to really, really love this conversation. I had such a ball chatting to Blaze about all things plus size fashion, confidence, self-care, self-love, all the things. Nothing is off limits. Um, We find out heaps about how she came to develop her um, online platform, Flat Flat Noir, that's mine, Here Us Raw. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited for you to meet this amazing, amazing woman who inspires me every day. Hello. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today, Blaze. Absolutely. So for everybody who is um, new to you and new to this, um, Blaze, introduce yourself. Who are you? Um, So I am the CEO and founder of Hear Us Raw, which is an online marketplace for fashion for gorgeous curvy ladies. Um, I've also been involved in the plus size industry since I was 16. Um, As a model, I I won my contract with City Chic a long time ago. Uh, And so I've been involved in the plus size industry for 10 years now. So that is where I stand. I mean, I've had a whole bunch. They're insignificant now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so what did you want to be when you grow, when you grew up, growed up? Growed yeah. up. Um, I actually wanted to be a TV presenter or like a TV journalist kind of thing. Um, and funnily enough, my dad said to me, you can't be a TV journalist. You're too fat. Oh, burn. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, it's funny the things you you remember when you're a kid. So, yeah, and yeah. it's actually really interesting because presenting is something that you do a lot now. Yes, I seem to have found myself on a bit of a, uh, you know, speaking circuit, um, which is amazing. I think it's a bit of my calling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, I get really frustrated when I hear people talk to me and kind of, they're really inspired by me and I think, but I'm just doing, I'm just doing, you know, I I don't think I'm doing anything special, but uh, people just seem to find me inspiring and I get frustrated because I want to, I want to break people from those like molds they build Mm. of their own brain. And it's the most frustrating thing I think I've ever experienced as an adult is, is listening to people's dreams and their childhood like wonders and then they they put this like adult sense of like responsibility over it and this like a sense of like I need to do these things because that's the way that it is. Yeah. So I think people must feel that when I speak because I, I just I I get very like riled up about it. So <laughs> I love yeah. that. We should all be riled up. Like we should all be excited enough to take a risk. I think so. I think if you're not if you're not riled up about what you're doing and you're not passionate about it, then you shouldn't be doing it. If you're not waking up every day and, and like, you know what, there are always bad days. Like, God, some days I wake up and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> um, but I definitely think there's, and there's, there has to be an element of like, I feel this, this is my, what I need to do, you know, otherwise like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I love you know? that. So where did you first have the idea for Hear Us Raw? So I was at a runway show for Maya and I'm going to name and shame here because it, it did upset me and, and they're a direct competitor of mine now at Hear Us Raw and I think they're still letting the plus size community down in a lot of ways. Um, and I was, I was doing this runway for Maya and I was with I think about three or four other girls and um, there was probably about 15 or 20 straight size, what we call in the industry straight size models. 
Um, and all the straight size models were wearing like really beautiful clothes by Alex Perry and Alice McCall and Camilla mm. and just gorgeous, well-cut, well-made, beautifully presented clothes. And then we were in moo-moos and three-quarter capri pants <laughs> and white, white and stretchy, don't forget, white and stretchy. Um, and I, that, like, I've been a model for, for, by that stage I'd been like eight and a half, nine years and I, you know, we're told to, we're taught to shut up, put the clothes on, wear the clothes and leave. Your job is a coat hanger, mm, right? Yeah. But for some reason that day, something snapped inside of me and I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because it was such a, an integral, like it was, a, it was a pivotal moment for me um, in my, in my career and, and my life as a young person. I was like, this has to change. I cannot continue to be okay with this as acceptable. Like this cannot be all that there is for plus size. This is ridiculous. And I just was so angry that day. Um, hence the name Hear Us Raw. Um, <laughs> but I <laughs> I went home that night and I lived with Belinda, Belinda Morgan, um, who's also a plus size model, as you know. And, um, and I live with her. She's one of my best friends. And I remember very clearly she was rolling on a foam roller. She was like doing her, like, you know, getting her into her glutes and stuff. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, bloody hell, this bloody sick of this shit, blah, blah, blah. And I just raged at her and I was like, I've got to do something. She was like, do it. What are you going to do? She was so excited. I was like, I don't know, but I'm <laughs> going to do something. Um, so I, then I spent the next few days kind of just researching. I researched everything under the sun that I could possibly find about starting a business, about plus size fashion. I started to, you know, look overseas and see what, what everyone was doing overseas. I started to sort of do my research, started to hunt down investors, everything you can think of I started to do. Um, and then it kind of just fell a bit behind but to the wayside. Um, and then I went away on holidays to my dad's caravan and he's really boring and that's why I started the business because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> dad, being a dad was a bit boring. Love you, dad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so interesting, but it's almost like you need to do all the research, put it down and then wait for inspiration to hit after that. Yeah, I think you need time to process it. And I think it goes from being a passionate thing to then being like, well, how do we implement this? Because everyone has ideas. The difference between someone who creates something and someone who doesn't is implementation. So if you have an idea and you don't do anything with it, then you're just like everyone else. But the difference is, is that moment of going, of letting it all sink in, like working it all out, I think, and building the courage up because it does take a lot of courage just to go and start something, you know, mm. it does. Yeah. Did so. you always want to have your own business, like run your own show? Yes. So my parents ran their own business growing up. Um, like I don't remember my parents ever talking about their bosses or, you know, my boss made me stay back late because they ran their own business. Um, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He was a 10 pound pom kind of thing, a migrant, Greek migrant, you know, and so he came over with nothing in his pocket and built his, he's a multimillionaire now. And, you know, my brother runs his own stuff and my aunt, like everyone around me yeah. has their own business. So for me, I didn't actually realize that until I started to run my own business that we're actually a family of entrepreneurs. But um, I just really struggled to work for other people. And I know that that's somewhat negative, but I just, I always found that people tend to like lord over you when they're your boss for no reason. And sometimes they just kind of like swing in their dick around, <laughs> excuse the language. But, <laughs> this you know, is explicit. Just, <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like there's an element of people kind of, yeah, just kind of asserting themselves for no reason. And that really frustrated me about hierarchical corporate environments. I was like, this is dumb. We could be achieving so much more if you just like, let me be, be good at what I'm doing. But nobody could, everyone used my age as a barrier. Everyone, you know, and you just kind of go, well, you know, you hire someone to do a job, let them do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So people are, that really frustrated people me. People are afraid of people who are different and, if you're like, I'm the same as you, I'm not interested in just showing up every day and, you know, writing a timesheet at the end of the week, I actually want to achieve something. Mm -hmm. And if you want to achieve yeah. something, you also recognize where things could be done better and you're not quiet about that. And those two things are yeah. <laughs> to management. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, they are though. I used to get in trouble. I remember going into, there's two distinct moments in my career as, as a, an employee that 
really stuck with me and made me realize how different I was. The first one was my first job out of university and I was a, I called, like I called people, cold called people for recruitment. That was my job. It was horrible. And um, I hated it and I just wanted to get to the top. So I worked real freaking hard so that I would, I would be the best. And I was, I cracked all the records in the space of like two months that I was there. I think the first month I broke a record. Like I just didn't want to be the bottom rung. <laughs> But they had this weird rule where you had to be in that bottom rung for six months. And I was like, but why? I'm killing it. Like, I don't understand. And they were like, well, that's just the way it is. And and I remember my boss pulling me into a meeting and going, you think you're better than this job, don't you? And in my head, I was like, um, shouldn't you want your employees to think that they're better than the bottom rung job? And the second thing I thought was, don't say the wrong thing, Blaze, because you'll get fired. That's what I thought. I was like, I've got a pandy to this idiot. Mm. And then, but then the actual answer the is yes, <laughs> right? Like I am yeah. better than this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. In my head, I was like, I am so much better than this job, you idiot. And you should think that I'm better than this. And why would you want me to think I'm as good as a shit job? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I couldn't understand it. And then I had another boss who was like, you asked me the questions in one of my reviews. He was like, you have to stop asking questions and questioning everything. But I said, that's how I learn. I ask a thousand questions and if I can't find any way to improve the system, then I'll agree to the way that you've said to do it. But you've got to let me go through that exploration phase before I'll agree to do something if I think it's pointless. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really Bosses helpful. Hate, they hated that. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so um, i just let you know yeah. there's a bit of a delay on this, so apologies about that. It's just my bad connection. That's okay. Yeah, we can. We I'm can not cutting you off or anything. <laughs> Smush it out in the in the edit if we have to. All good. Did you get pushback when you wanted to start a business aimed at Curve and Plus? Um, surprisingly, no. Uh, I got really positive feedback. I think. Um, I think I entered the market right when it was ready for it. Um, I think maybe five years earlier. I don't think the market would have been ready for it, but I think people are hounding for it. I think Chelsea from Bella Management has obviously done an incredible job at, at, at shifting beauty perceptions in Australia and, and what they are. And, and I, I honestly think, yeah, if I had started the business even two or three years ago, I don't think it would be anywhere near as successful as it's been so far. I think that it's, yeah, I, no, I haven't. I've had a really positive constant positive positive reinforcement I don't know if that's just because I'm surrounded by that community Mm. but even from the business community people can see you know the financial value I mean alone for running a business in this particular you know arena is huge and you'd be you'd be crazy to ignore 50% of the population in fashion it just makes no bloody sense you know so Absolutely. And do you, like, even still now, there isn't any much criticism that you guys receive? Honestly, I was expecting a lot more. I mean, I've got my speeches prepared. Um, (laughs) I was, (laughs) I I was, I really was expecting way more negative feedback, but honestly, it's been, it's been really positive from every, from every angle, surprisingly positive and upbeat. It's crazy. I think, for me, I'm I have ex- I'm expecting it, so I've got all these things ready to say because I, I'm you know I'm a battler, I'm a warrior for for the women that I, I represent. Um, but I don't know, I've just had nothing but positivity. It's been incredible. Oh, that's so amazing! It is. How important do you think is fashion when it comes to like self care and self love? Well. I'm really, really passionate about this particular topic. Um, I thought you might be. <laughs> so I live, <laughs> um, I mean, there's two things. Oh, my God, there's so many things I want to say. It's crazy. Um, so the first thing for me is I'm currently living in a hut in the in the country on my own, um, working on Harris Raw because I'm passionate about it and living in Sydney and running the business just wasn't an option. Um, and one of the most the most difficult things is waking up every day and being motivated to do things, you know, because I'm there's no one here. I don't have a team around me who's, you know, we make coffee or have water cooler chats. It's like me, I wake up and I sit down and I work. And, you know, um, when I first moved up here, I was waking up and just putting trackies on and just like coming to sit at the desk. And my mental health slowly deteriorated because I wasn't 
I wasn't putting on the uniform of my life every day. Instead, I was kind of like in this kind of half space. So I made a conscious effort to physically change what I wear. Like right now I'm in like high-waisted, ripped jeans, like a nice tee and like a really nice jumper I love. And so I wake up now and make an effort to put on clothes that represent who I am, even if nobody else can see it. For me, it's about it's my uniform it's my it's my armor it's my like ready to go to battle kind of wear and I think that is something that plus size women undervalue a lot they think and I think because they think you know I'm not good enough I can't wear it or it doesn't look good on me or whatever it is I also think that for a long time plus size women haven't had fashion that necessarily represent who they are it's for me there's two very significant yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there's two very significant um, ends to plus size in my eyes. There's plus size um, fashion that's really grandma-like, just nannery, horrible florals, just awful. Or there's the other end that's fetishizing the plus size body. It's get your midriff out, get your thighs out, get your tits out. I don't think that there has been a space in the middle. There's been no witchery. There's been no seed. There's been no um, country road of plus size. And that is a space that I'm trying to fill. And that's a hard space to fill because plus size women have never felt that they've had that space before. And so they fight against the price points. They fight against, you know, buying something that will last them multiple years because they feel like they're going to lose weight. They're going to change who they are. They're going to change. They're going to change. They're going to, you know, and for me, it's like, accept where you are now, because right now you still need to wake up and put clothes that represent you every day. You still need to go out to the, into the world. And if you're wearing shit that doesn't fit you properly or, you know, is cheap and nasty, you're going to feel cheap and nasty. You're going to feel shit about yourself. So I'm very passionate about women in general. Like my sister-in-law is a size 10 and she puts active wear on every day and because she thinks that's all that she can wear, you know, because women are completely stuffed, let's be honest. Um, and and I go I go mad at her. I'm like, mate, we are going shopping because, you know, this is you're not just active wear. There's so much more to you. Let's go find out who you are as a person. Let's go shopping, you know. Let's go see what attracts you and who you are and how you represent and present yourself to the world. So it's very important and super undervalued. I think, because I think it's seen as a materialistic thing rather than it being an actual social impact or mental health impact on it. So it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think like there's also that kind of frivolous nature with spending money on you and that like if you've Mm. got money to spare, surely it's better spent anywhere else. Yeah, and I think that mentality has been beaten into – I think plus size in particular because there, I think there's this mentality like I'm going to lose five kilos. Like I've had customers say that to me, I'm going to lose five kilos, I'm going to lose ten kilos. So I don't want to spend that kind of money because, you know, I'm not going to be that size in a few few months or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's a very damaging way to think every day, to wake up every day and think I'm, I'm not finished. Today is I'm not good enough so I can't have any of the nice things until I'm good enough. Like, what an awful way to live your life. What if you woke up and got hit by a bus that day? You know, like, it's madness. Seriously, it's just absolute madness. So <laughs> You are preaching to the choir. <laughs> and I think, and oh, I think I mean, you, anybody who's found themselves listening to this podcast ha- probably already knows my opinion on this, but I completely agree. And I think that that's... that's I was going to say, you must have these same views very hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly the same kind of market that I want to hit and that I'm helping and, like, and the same kind of things that you get, I get, you know. I don't, oh, I can't spend that money because this or that or, you know, it's not worth it or it's better spent at the gym or it's, like, when I lose weight, I'll come and see you. It's like, no, that's not the point. I know it's, it's, you know, and if you think about, you know, sometimes I do this myself and I go, I'm crazy. But if you think about if you were to go out on a Friday night, you're going to spend 50, 60 bucks, right? At a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so if you put 50 or 60 bucks away three times in a week, you've got 150, you've got a pair of pants you can wear for two years. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's just this mentality around clothing that it has to be, cheap and nasty and fast and like on fashion and on trend and blah 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 
like stuff trends. I don't follow trends. None of our designers follow the trends really hardcore because they're not fast fashion. They care about making pieces that make people feel good about themselves that are going to last for years. They're going to, that are going to stand the test of time against all the lame trends that come in. Like seriously, who likes Birkenstocks? They're horrible. And I can't believe they came into fashion, but they're in. Don't tell me you wear them, Caitlin. I don't have a pair. I don't. Don't tell me you wear them. I don't. <laughs> I've thought about it. They're so ugly. I come from a family of Birkenstock wearers, but they've been wearing them for decades, so it feels really weird that it's now really fashionable. But that's what I mean, right? I mean, they are good for your feet and whatever, fine, but they're ugly and, like, you know, they're in fashion now and it's like, why? And so as much as I love fashion, I'm also like fashion to me doesn't have to be about trends. Mm. Fashion to me is about self-expression and art and, and finding those those pieces that just are you, true and true, and you can have them for, like, five years. I've got pieces in my closet that I have worn for, like, ten years. They, you know, fluctuate with my weight. They, whatever, I don't care. They just, I just love them to bits and then me, you know, and I'm happy to spend the money on stuff that I know is going to last me five, ten years, you know. Oh, totally. And I think I think part of the reason people like going to Kmart is because it doesn't feel like a waste if it if you get it home and it doesn't fit or you only wear it a couple of times because it was so cheap. Like people aren't thinking big picture. Think people are just thinking small time. That really frustrates me a lot, to be honest. I think that... Um, if people were to add up how much money they spent on $5 T-shirts um, at Kmart and then use the amount of water, cotton, material, et cetera, et cetera, that went in, I'm sure that you could buy a really nice T-shirt that's going to last you longer than like three washes. You know, it's just it's thinking about wash per wear, I mean cost per wear and things like that. But people just don't think about that stuff. They just think I need something tomorrow and it needs to be $5. Um, and it's just, yeah, it does my head in. I don't know how to change it. Please help me change it, Caitlin. We've got to change it. We've got to change yeah, it. Yeah, we'll work on it. We're working on it. <laughs> so what about Good. people who say Good. buying online is really hard? Look, I don't disagree with that. It is difficult. Um, but there are lots of technologies that are coming out over the next sort of year or two that I'm watching very closely um, that will help with a lot of these issues. There's an amazing company, actually two women based out of, Melbourne and the company's called To Me Love Me and what they're doing, um, 17 Sundays have it installed on their site at the moment, but basically what they do is they take all the material um, and dimensions, they take like the actual manufacturing fits of the garments and they put them into a system with an algorithm um, and then basically it spits out what size you are based on the actual manufacturing data, not on like finger in the air stuff. So there are things that are, are coming to change that. Um, I think with online, it is a challenge. I mean, we're a small business, so we're starting up and it's hard for us to cover the costs of all the logistics of, a, of an online business. It's not – Australia Post has got us all by the balls, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and the problem – that's the hardest part about running an online business is the courier and the logistics. It's literally the biggest, the biggest part of it. Um, and so buying online, yes, it's difficult. I, we have on here as well, we've got drift, which means you can literally type a message to me. It will pop up on my phone and I'll be able to reply to your message in instant time. You can email me, you can Facebook me, you can Instagram me. I will answer you and I'll tell you what fit it is if you're not sure, you know, like yeah. there are so many ways for you to communicate with us. If you're not sure, we'll walk you through it, hold your hand, but also ladies, Go and get your measurements. Just do them. Do them once and then you have them and then you can shop online, you can look at the size charts and you know your measurements. Just do them once. That's all you need to do and then you can shop online to your heart's content, yeah. you know, because most of the, yeah, most of the size charts have all of that information there for you but you have to go and do your measurements. Yeah, I keep mine on a note on my phone. Yeah, me too. I know mine off by heart um, and it's because I do a lot of online shopping and also you know, I don't look at the size 16 or 18 or 20. I don't care about that. I'm like, which one of these is going to fit me when it arrives? Yeah. You know, like I'm a 16 in some brands and I'm a 20 in others and I'm a 12 in others and I don't care. I'm like, it is just a number. I just want to get something that fits. So I always look at the centimetres. I don't look at the size of the top because it's just a number, fucking whatever. 
Totally. And I think people get so hung up about this. I had a client um, recently who she was like, no, I'm definitely an 18. I'm an 18. I was like, cool. So we went and I, I knew she wasn't, like for sure was not. But she was just really afraid. And I knew if I'd taken her straight to the straight sizes, she'd be like, nothing fits me here. What are we doing? What a waste of my time, my money, blah, blah, blah. So I took her to the plus size section and I made her try stuff on for 45 minutes until she agreed with me that everything was too big. And I was like, right, are you ready to actually get started? And she went, yes. And we went oh my God. downstairs and shopped for real. And <laughs> it's just so interesting that like she was convinced like I couldn't have told her like she wouldn't listen to me and she's literally hired me to tell her (laughs) it's it's bad there's this real hang-ups about it but to be honest when you're left out out of majority of fashion across the country and the world like you do get weird about your number because it does literally allow you to be either in or out of a camp you know um it's 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 really sad, but it's the freaking reality of it. I mean, and that's why we built Here Us Raw, you know, because I was just so my myself, like I'm a sixteen in pretty much most things, but occasionally I dip into an eighteen or occasionally dip into a fourteen. And I just found it so frustrating that if I was if you know, if I'd put on a bit I'd go to every store in Westfield and nothing would fit me and I'd be like, Why the hell is this still the case? you know? it's just craziness. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I'm not a blueberry that they're lifting, craning out of a house, you know? So like what, at what point, you know, I'm an active, healthy human. Like I don't understand why I'm getting left out of everyday fashion. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I I can't fathom it. And I know that most women across the country are my size. So like, why are they leaving us out? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I can't explain. Yeah. It. I went on a massive rant last week um, after attending a bunch of Fashion Week, uh, Melbourne Fashion Week events, and like mm. all of the conversations that they were having, like the panel talks and whatnot, were talking about real women and authenticity and knowing what's really going on and seeing real bodies in the in the garments. And then every single one of the runways is the complete opposite. And I, I, I felt myself cheering for a girl who had a little bit of a butt <laughs> because she was the first model yeah. on the runway that had any kind of body. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's ridiculous. And so they do want us to, like, they do want us to listen, right? But they don't want to serve to us. No, I don't understand. I really just don't. It's all a loss to me as to why a why you wouldn't want to make money. I don't understand. That's to me, that's a plain business decision to choose not to make money. Like plus size women have as much money as straight size women, like if not more, but they just have nowhere to spend it. Like my sister, she's a high flying key account manager for an IT consultancy firm, global firm in Sydney. She's a size 16 to 20, depending on the clothing. And I swear to God, she drops money on my website like it's going out of fashion because <laughs> she can't find anything. Yeah. I love her. She's the best. I give her a little discount. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, you know, like th- there's women like my sister all over the place. You know, that's why brands like Sestre and Mary by Design, that you know, they, they're thriving is because there's plenty of opportunity for, you know, corporate women to have something, you know, nice to wear because up until now there really hasn't been anywhere. A lot of stylists are coming to us being like, I'm so glad I found you because I haven't been able to find anywhere to take my plus size customers, like blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, you can't, I'm pretty stoked that we're, we're doing what we're doing because it's bad. It's bad out there. <laughs> More money for you guys to make. <laughs> Oh, I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, for me, if we make money, we'll pour all that back in. We have Hero World isn't just going to be an e-commerce website. For me, it's going to be an umbrella. Um, we want to build out workshops. We want to build out, you know, speaking tours. We want to build out events and things. To me, Hero Raw is is an e-commerce site now, but I don't want it to be that forever. It will always have an e-commerce element. But for me, I think 
there's so much more work to be done with women and how they feel and it's so much bigger than clothes um you know it's a it's a conversation that really has to change mm. oh, i think that's so good because it's really important to give back and to have a reason for you know a reason for existing a reason to do business a reason to keep going yeah amen you know I didn't start the business to make money. I really didn't. If I had, I would not have started this business. Um, I think for me, <laughs> just being real, um, for me, the business for me was like at our pop-up Parramatta Westfield, I literally saw people transform in front of my eyes. It was the most incredible experience I've ever I've ever had. And my mum looked after the pop-up for me for a while. I wasn't there at this particular point, but um, it was late one afternoon, one evening, and um, there was a, um, a dad and a, a mum and her daughter who was like 15 or 16, and they had a wedding to go to that weekend, and it was, I think it was Thursday night shopping. Anyway, and they were running, they ran into the pop-up. The pop-up was closing up, and the mum was like, oh, my husband saw this, and, you know, we saw Curvy, and we just wanted to see if you might have anything for our 15-year-old daughter. We've got a wedding, blah, 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 blah. And... Um, ended up finding this beautiful dress that we had imported from France and she, her mother started crying and she said, I'm so glad you guys are here. You know, my, my daughter's been to every store, you know, Western Sydney and we haven't been able to find anything. And, you know, it's so good that you were here and she was just crying because she was so thankful for us even existing, you know? So it's moments like that, that make me remember what I'm doing and why I run the business because it's not about, it's not about money for me. It never will be. It can't be. I mean, it has to be to some extent because we've got to stay, keep our doors open so we can only do that if people support us financially. But at the end of the day, it's much bigger for me. It's it's never going to be about the fashion and the clothes and all that. It's about changing people's lives, giving them the power and the strength to go outside and to challenge themselves and to live their best version of them of their lives. Like I just want people to to have those childhood dreams come to life. You know, and if if putting on a nice dress helps them get one step closer than that, then I will do that for them. You know, yeah. that's what we're doing here. Oh, that's so magic. I found myself like tearing up at that and like listening to you talk. I just oh, hear myself you. like that's how I feel, you know, and like that's what it's about. It's about like if you just change one life, you've made a huge difference. Well, I mean, if, imagine if women, these women were living to their full potential. Mm. Imagine if they had, you know, the incredible ability to just not give a shit, just go and do and live and be, you know. I think Curvy Sam does an amazing, um, you know, her Instagram's incredible in the way that she just really, she just does. She just goes and does and lives, you know, and she's not apologetic about it and she's passionate about it and, you know, I think it gives it gives a lot of women courage and I, I applaud her for her ability to share her life so openly, you know, because mm. um, I think it's powerful to, to see real-life experiences for other plus women. Um, it just, I think it's hard for me because I think people just see it as a fashion website and it is at, at a base level unless you speak to me and then you hear why I started it and why it's called Hear Us Raw and where it's at, you know. So, yeah. And that- that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, and we've had this conversation in person, but I thought it'd be great to have it here. Like what has realising that you need to be more of the face and more of, you know, the person behind Tiris Raw rather than, you know, the guy behind the curtain or the woman behind the curtain? I don't know why I say guy behind the curtain. That's so fucking wrong. <laughs> it's like the patriarchy coming out um, of my mouth. <laughs> No, Caitlin, no, the patriarchy, no. <laughs> Beat it down. Um, Don't worry, I'm going to have a stern talking to with myself when we're finished. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, when I started Hear Us Raw, I wanted it to be a really clear and clean brand. I wanted it to stand on its own two feet. I wanted it to be fashion. I wanted, like, really, you know, powerful and and I wanted it to be here us raw. I want it to be its own thing, its own entity. Um, I didn't want it connected to me because opinions of me or where I am or what I do or who I am to get in the way of, of embracing here us raw as a brand. Um, but as 
as I said, I've seemed to have found myself on this weird like speaking circuit where people want me involved in more and more things and I'm just like, what the hell? I don't understand. <laughs> so I think I realised that um, my personal brand, you know, and I call it that now because it has become essentially a bit of a brand, but also just like who I am and what I'm about I feel like has to be shared because Hear Us Roar is only Hear Us Roar because of me. Uh, and my beautiful business partner, Karina. She's amazing. Um, but when I launched it, it was me. It was it, Here's Raw was me. It was my voice and the socials. It was my my feelings and emotions. It was, you know, how I was feeling about, about being plus size and not being catered to. It was I didn't want it to be me at first. I felt like a lot of models were quite narcissistic and I just didn't want it to be about that. I wanted it to be about the clothes the fashion, the models, the community. I didn't want it to be about me, but I've realised now that I am the glue to all of that and that my passion makes other people passionate and my my love for what I'm doing excites people and gets people, wants people, people want to get involved with it and whatnot. So I didn't realise that when I started. I just thought it was like a narcissistic thing and I just didn't want people to see me as like some model trying to like make cash because it never was about that for me. And I've always said my other jobs first before telling people I'm a model. Like I've, I've always tried to like not talk about being a model because I don't want people to just see me as a model, you know. And so I think that was part of like why I didn't want to be involved. But now Hear Us Raw is me. It's the embodiment of me in a brand. Um, I'm a ragey human. Like you've heard me tonight. I get very passionate about the things that I care about. And I think that it's only fair that people should should share in that because hopefully maybe something sinks into someone. Like sometimes people say back things back to me. You said this one thing and like it made me do this. And I was like, what? That's crazy, but amazing. I'm so excited, you know? So I think, yeah, I think I definitely, there was like a transition point. I don't even know when it happened, but it was just like, I really need to be more involved. I think it was probably after the pop-up where I realized people just like were frothing, like excited to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, totally. You didn't see my hand gestures then. But I can imagine. They were cool. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's so important because like even just now, like there's parts of the story that I didn't know until we had this conversation and it just – it makes me even more exciting, excited for what we can do together and how we can work together in the future. Like mm-hmm. Just knowing how in line we are and, how, you know, it's just, it's perfect. And, in, yeah. and it's so meant to be. And I think any moment where you weren't the face was just you hiding a bit, you know? I think so. I think, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people say to me, why don't you model your own clothes? Why don't you model your own clothes? there's a massive part of me that's afraid. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't know. It's like I'm putting myself on show and judged and I just, I don't know. It's weird because my personality is not normally like that, but I think because I feel so protective of this, it's like my baby. I don't, I've, it's, it means more to me than my ego or where I'm at or what I'm doing. So I wanted to take a back seat to the business, but I realized that I'm driving the business. So I have to be at the front. One day, one day, I'm going to do it. Like, yeah, this isn't an Uber business. This is. I know, right? Although I do, I did Uber for a while to keep keep my lights on. So, like, you know, I'm a hustler through and through. We'll make shit happen, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, what gave you the confidence to come out in front and to to be less afraid to own it? Um, I think the pop up. I think after meeting some people and spending some time with the community, um, I think that's when I realised that um, my value is in who I am and not what I'm doing. Um, I think that was, you know, just I had a lot of customers like really embrace me and like, you know, messaging, like messaging and just like, I don't know, I I can't, like it was just like something switched for me after the pop-up. People just really felt, felt, connected to what I connected to my purpose I think they really could like bought into my purpose rather than the business as such being its own thing I think they really bought into like who I was and what I was about um because whenever I had a customer in store I would tell them my story and like why I started it and what it means to me and I'd talk to them about their story and I'd hear 
their emotions and, you know, we had people in tears and we had people, you know, buzzing when they left and, you know, I had people message me after and say I've never worn, um, I haven't been able to leave my house for years and, like, this has been such an amazing experience for me to be able to do this. Like, I just... I just realized that I need to like be there to hold people's hands way more than I thought. Um, I want to, yeah, I think that's, it was just after the pop-up, I realized who my people were and how I could help them. Mm. So it was less about me and my ego and more about the people I was helping, which is what I set out to do in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants more, you know, who might be listening to this and thinking that, Ah, oh, I wish I could do what Blaze does, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I'm i not going to lie. It's not easy doing this. You know, as I said earlier, like some days I wake up and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but my advice is that you have to listen to your gut more than anything else in the entire world because your gut will tell you whether or not you're on the right track. Um, and if you know deep down, if you're restless, if you're feeling like you're not in the right place right now or that something's not right, then you need to make a change. You have to find the courage within and change. And if it's if it's reaching out to a good friend, if it's talking to your parents, if it's talking to the, the plus-size community, there's so many Facebook communities that you can speak to. They're really supportive, amazing people. You know, reach out to me. Reach out to you, Caitlin. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all here to help and we all want you to live your best life. So. My, my, I guess my, my advice would be like, just do it. And I know that sounds lame, but life is so short that it really is. And it's just dumb to be like wasting time worrying about things that don't really matter in the big scheme of things. I mean, how many people could say that they look back on photos of them in high school, you know, just out of school, uni, whatever. And they go, I was so skinny then. I wish I didn't hate myself so much then. Right. Mm. So like, Think about those moments that you have, you know, you tell yourself you're not good enough and then think about those moments five years later and what you were actually doing and what you were capable of and hold on to that feeling and go forth, yeah. you know, just find the courage. We can help you as, as much as we can, you know. Yeah. yeah. Future you is so much more forgiving than we ever give her credit for. Yeah, man. And look, I think the best thing to do is like realistically, what have you got to lose realistically, right? Um, at the end of the day, you, this is the way I see things. I mean, I'm a salesperson, so I think I've learned this from years of rejection. <laughs> of like, And also modelling teaches you re- years of rejection. So I'm very good at this and it's, I definitely think it's a, a hardened skill of resilience that you do have to learn. Um, in, and it's basically like, in life, you've got two options with anything that you do. You can ask and or you can do and you can fail or you can get a no. But when you get that no, you either get somebody else, some, nine times out of ten someone will say, I can't help you but someone else can and they'll palm you off to someone else. Or you've failed and learnt something so that next time you try, you know not what to do, you know. So you're either going to get a yes and go one step towards like, towards your goal or you're going to get a no and you'll still get one t- step towards your goal but it will just be a side step rather than a forward yeah, step. Yeah, totally. So, and you might even get somebody who says, that's not exactly what I was thinking but let's do this and find yourself yeah. on a completely new path. Amen, right? So you just got to be open-minded and just have the courage that you're in the right place at the right time but you do have to listen to your gut because it always knows when things are wrong. So if you're waking up every morning and your gut is like, I don't want to go to work today. I mean, like, look, no one really wants to go to work, but <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I genuinely do. I would say pretty much most of the time, 98% of the time I like to get up and work because I love what I do. Um, it's freaking hard, but I love it. And w- working in corporate, I never had that feeling. I never woke up and went, I can't wait to go and sell some advertising. I am excited. Like I never <laughs> felt like that. <laughs> but now you know I'm pumped to get out of bed and work I'm like yeah things are gonna happen today (laughs) so what does a typical day look like for you at the moment it's a little bit um tumultuous to say the least Mm -hmm. um 
So at the moment I wake up and I I'm not a morning person, so I'm not great. I get on the socials first thing in the morning because, you know, I like to see what our US um, followers are doing. And I also like to post in the morning because most people are on the bus or on the way to work or whatever. Um, and, you know, here's where I was quite, we try and be quite upbeat and motivational and whatnot. So I think that it's nice to sort of check in with everyone in the morning and be like, hey, what up? Nice to see you this morning. So I do that. And then I wake up and go have coffee and then I basically sit at my desk and I find ways to make Kira's world better every day. Um, and, like, today was a hard day because we – because I think Vogue Night Out was over the weekend so we didn't get many sales so it was a bit – I've been a bit stressed about that. So today it was, like, trying to work out in the back-end systems if there's anything broken with the site or if, if we've got things that we can optimise and make better – um, you know, we're also planning our pop-up in Melbourne, oh. which we have booked in. Oh. Um, so we will be going live in about two weeks. <laughs> oh, my God, kill me. Um, I actually, that's when it starts. Yes, it starts. <laughs> I think it's the 20th. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be at Williamstown. Um on that main street. I don't know what street that's called. Ferguson, is it? I think. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How fucking great is that? So, yeah, we've been trying to find a space in Melbourne for like three week, three months and we haven't been able to find anything. So we've literally ended up out at Williamstown. So you have to come and visit us. Everyone has to come out and visit us. <laughs> it's not that far though. And you can have the whole day to it. There's the beach. There's the sailboats. There's heaps of nice cafes. Yeah. There's a wine bar, which is really nice. Sorry, I'm a Westie. People. Good, not, good. It is not too far. <laughs> good. But also, um, like, I'll be there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for reals, we're going to do, do some workshops. We're going to do some, um, you know, we're going to do some, we're going to have our first birthday launch. Party, we're gonna have our first birthday party down there. Awesome. So there's heaps happening and we will start to pump out some social media and advertising over the next couple of days to sort of show everyone what we're doing. So um yeah, you gotta come and see what we're doing. So that's what's really taking up a lot of my time at the moment is organizing all that, which is killing me. So yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds really exciting. I love that. And like I imagine it's one of those things where like no two days are exactly the same. No, I mean, especially because I do a lot of speaking events as well. So um, that's kind of just gets thrown in randomly every now and again. Sometimes I model, sometimes I make content for brands. Like every day is very different in Blaze World. Um, and it's fun. I like it because I hated waking up every day and going and sitting in my desk. I wanted to make myself. I just hated working in a traditional working environment. So I thrive on this kind of uncertainty every day. Like I think that's what like drives me is like, how can I be better today? What can, what can I do that's better? You know, mm-hmm. I'm like a crazy person. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> All right. I think that you have to be. Yeah, I feel like you do too. Like I think you have to be excited to do better, to be better, to find a better way to work out a new system, to implement that system. Like, you know, it has. It takes yeah, a lot of well, courage to go. I could do things better. I think so. I mean, for me, I, I when I was working full time, I'd come home at nights, and I was I would actually find myself bored. Like I'd be like, "What am I doing? Like, what do I do now? Like, I just had all this time after work, and I was like, "Do I watch TV?" And then I'd read, and I get bored of that, and like that's what sort of really drove the growth growth of the business after I initially like started to work on it was like I literally would come home and be like working on my side hustle working on my side passion so it kind of kind of pulled me forward rather than me driving it it was like I just yeah filled my time with something I loved and then got to turn it into my job so yeah it's pretty excellent so I think we're almost at the end of this is there something that I haven't asked you that you wanted to say is there something anything left um my god I feel like I've like emptied my soul with you Caitlin this (laughs) evening I've given you all my love (laughs) all my love no um honestly I just think for me 
I want women more than anything to stop hating on themselves all the freaking time, you know. I think about how much time we waste hating on ourselves. Like if you think about how many times a day you would you would self-talk bad, mm. like negative talk, mm. right, and you bottled that up. If you added all that time together, I reckon you'd have a good one to two hours a day of like time to just think about becoming you know, a world leader or, you know, the prime minister or like a millionaire. So I just think women should just stop hating on themselves and start being amazing because you are, you just got to stop thinking that you're not. So, you know, however that, that comes, if it's a, if the vehicle is you put on a dress and you feel like a million dollars, then come and see us at the pop-up because we'll help you with that. If it's talking to me and me shaking you and be like, what are you doing? sort it out I can do that too but I think what it is is just like find a way to stop hating yourself whatever that looks like and and start a way find a way to start to work out how you can truly accept yourself if you can't love yourself straight away that's fine but just learn to like just rest take a rest from hating on yourself all yeah. the time you know I'm passionate about that I just want women to spend less time trying to be better in a negative way, you know, trying to pull apart what you have, like build it up, you know, pull it apart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> where can people find you? Um, so Instagram, either on the Hear Us Raw Instagram or my personal Instagram. I'm sure you, you, you'll you be able to lift some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll go in the show notes. Or not? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Blaze it underscore Bella model or here's where AU um, Facebook. Um, I'm speaking at sunrise Island on Wednesday, but I doubt this will be live by then. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've just wherever I'm pretty much live on social media. So if you want to talk to me, you can find me, you can hunt me down. Or if they want to email me, blaze at hearusraw.com.au. Amazing. Okay. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Blaze. It's been amazing. My pleasure. Um, guys. It's been so good. <laughs> it has. It's very good for the soul, I think. Um, make, sure, I think so. <laughs> make sure you all uh, stay tuned for all of the dates for the pop-up and make sure you go because this is a great way to try stuff and then um, buy later or buy on the day or meet everybody or go to a workshop and all the things. And, like, even if you don't have a friend to go with, there'll be other women there. There'll be Blaze there. There'll be Karina there, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, like, yeah. We're take, like your take a risk and do it. Even if you're going alone, you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, and bring the family to Williamstown. And, you know, yeah. obviously I'm being paid by the council to let you know about how awesome Williamstown is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, take a walk by the beach. Um, anyway, <laughs> this has been the podcast, the <laughs> podcast. I'm Caitlin. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Flat Noir and you can email me at info at Please shout out to me. Please shout out to Blaze. We are here for you, sending you all the love, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks, Blaze. No worries. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Speak soon. Bye. This has been another episode of the Flat Noir podcast. My name is Caitlin Byrne and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'll catch you next time.